Speedway proudly presents Rapid on Racing, the Tri-State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program is brought to you in part by our marketing partners. Recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the Eastern United States, here's Rapid on Racing. Good evening and welcome to Rappin' on Racing, November 2nd, 2020. Here's hoping that tomorrow you'll get a treat instead of a trick once the uh, presidential election results come out. Hey, I want to welcome a couple new people to the Rappin' on Racing family. Kevin Courtright from Chatham, Illinois, and Molly McGuire from Johnstown, PA. Glad they're on board. Uh, for those of you that want to keep up to the uh, World of Outlaws late models and sprint cars, I recommend you get on Dirt Vision. The late models will be uh, broadcast on the 4th and 5th, and the World of Outlaws sprint cars on the 6th and 7th. And for those of you that are actually at the dirt track, uh, I hope you have a really nice evening. All right. All right, fans, joining us now, good friend and co-host, Dave Oliveri. Dave, good evening. How are you? I'm doing well, Don. It's it's hard to believe it's been, I guess, like three weeks since we made the trek down to North Carolina, got you and Donna there safe. But we've had some racing here wrapping up the season in western Pennsylvania, so we'll just talk about that. I had a chance... Uh, a couple Saturdays ago to make a trip along with Robert Johnson out to the Bedford Speedway. Hadn't been there in a few years. I know you had the opportunity to watch it on a, on a pay-per-view event. It was a heck of a race, Don. It was, and we have a nice interview that you did with Greg Satterley, but I really loved the picture of him and his wife and his uh, child. That is so cute. Got lots of hits on Facebook. But uh, without going into the meat and potatoes of his interview, some of your thoughts behind the scenes, people you were with, some of the things that were happening at Bedford. We had some national drivers there. We had Tim McCready who was there, along with Daryl Lanigan. And then we had our locals, you know, Satterley. We had uh, the 25, the Z-Man, Mason Ziegler. Uh, Tyler Dietz was there early on Friday. Uh, some really, really good. We talked about good racing, a long race. It was a, a 60 lap race. And one of the things that's really unique about Bedford, it, 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 there's not, I guess, geometrical, if you're some type of analyst like that. The tracks kind of, it's not real wide. The straightaways are extremely long. The corners are narrow. And then it kind of goes uphill on the back stretch and downhill on the front stretch. And from what the drivers said and in some of the conversations I had with them throughout the evening, it's just like you don't think you're going that fast, but you really are. And it's just, again, I commend the fans. Unfortunately, Western Pennsylvania, we, you know, fall's just about over and winter's knocking on the door, and it was a little bit chilly up there in the Bedford Mountains, Don. It looked like a fun race. I had a chance to watch it. And uh, once Satterley got in front, he checked out. He uh, really looked good, smooth and good. Uh, in addition to your interview with uh, Greg, uh, we also uh, had that trip to Millbridge, and we're going to share that with the fans. 
where uh, in addition to Millbridge, you had a chance to have uh, a, a meeting with uh, Bobby Allison when we went to the restaurant. <clears throat> we did, and we, we, we won't, like I said, we, we, we talk about that in a little subsequent thing that we did. Well, I happened to be down there, uh, you know, visiting you, but uh, again, uh, probably some things that I take from this crazy year and and. and and two of those events that happened recently, I said, you know, the, the picture with Greg and Kelsey and Prudence, just, uh, I mean, she's just so darn adorable. But then to, to run into, like, Bobby Allison, it was just uh, it was a dream. So that in, in this last December when I had a chance to uh, spend some time with Richard Petty, uh, you know my philosophy. I'm not really one that decides to take my picture with anybody, but... Uh, I broke the rules for those two, so again, I just, uh, you know, it's hard to believe, you know, this crazy year is coming to an end, and like you said, you know, we have one more show coming up in December, and uh, I'm sure it's going to be a long, but hopefully short winter for all of us, Don. Well, you forgot to mention the fact that you're in the uh, Kyle Bush video with you taking pictures of his son. Yeah, I know. What are you saying? I'm like everywhere, and I was. Yeah. It was funny. I I had saw the video, and I'm like, I'm not going to say anything about it. Well, then my mailbox blew up, and it's like, where where is Dave? Not ever to be, and it's just yeah. uh, if that's my my little mantra for 2020, I'll I'll go with that because, like I said, I think all of us back in March didn't even think we would have a racing season this year, Don. Well, back in the day, people would say, "Where's Waldo?" But now they're saying. The heck with Waldo. Where's Dave? Hey, we got a really good show planned tonight. Our guests include Billy Rebar, Tom Lang, Mike Lisikowski, Tony White, Ryan Frazee, Noah Brunel, and Jim Zufall. If you miss any of Monday's program, you can go to rapidonracing.com. As always, we want to thank our marketing partners, Alternative Power Sources, Number One Cochrane Automotive, Dirt Monthly Magazine, Jennerstown Speedway, along with Lernerville Speedway, Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, RPS Financial Solutions, Speedway Directory, and Toma Meat Market. A thank you to our reporters, Lenny Batiki, Tyler Harris, Bill Korch, Tom Lang, plus Mike Lazikowski, and Jim Zufall. Special thanks to our senior engineers and our technical advisors, Bill Korch, Ted Lusick, Aaron Zufall, and Gary Scott, along with our multimedia data collection facilitator, Bob Miller. <clears throat> Speaking of Ted Lusick, uh, prior to tonight's show, I had some major problems between a storm and some technical issues. He's in uh, Natrona Heights. I'm in Trotman, North Carolina, and the guy's amazing. He fixed it with a net meeting. Uh, I'm not going to get too technical. You know, Ted's the man, and like I said, it, it's just, it's nice. And I, I think, Don, through all the years that you've done the show, you've, you know, the Bill Corches, the Ted Lusics, uh, the Gary Scotts, these are people that our listeners, they hear us mention them every week, but they probably don't know who they are. But when you got a problem... They're your go-to guys, and I would probably say, you know, 10 out of 10 times, they fix you up, and they fix you up quickly. Ted and I have an inside joke. When I call him, he answers, dollar prayer, because <laughs> that's what it is when I'm waiting for him to fix something. Well, Dave, a uh, lot of fun with your trip down here. want to thank you for everything you do, and you have a nice evening. 
You do the same as well, Don. All right, fans, a little uh, unusual story that uh, Dave Oliveri and I want to share with you. He made a road trip uh, down to North Carolina to help me out on a family project and uh, said he'd like to go to Millbridge Speedway, and I'm going to let him pick it up from there. Well, Don, you told me so much about Millbridge Speedway, and since I was going to be down here for a few days, I checked on their Facebook page and website, and they were going to be racing for three nights, so I figured, well, with racing almost ended for 2020, I figured it would be an opportunity. The weather was going to be good, so you and I, uh, on a Tuesday evening, uh, made the trip over there. I was describing it to you the way I remember it from two years ago, not the way it is now. Uh, certainly not, and you know, me being me, I walked around the pit area, and there had to be some, I, I could be low, 50 to 60 carters there, and I said, when did all this take place? Because the gentleman I went to said this was, here's his, it's all within the past year, so just a a beautiful little facility. I think it's about a fifth of a mile grandstands. Just the track is just an impeccable, smooth track. Uh, most of most of the drivers in our area would be tickled pink to drive on that. There was a couple pretty well-known drivers there, and you spoke to both of them and got pictures of their children. I did, Don. I had a chance this past year to uh, spend some time with you know Kyle Owen Larson and his wife. Caitlin up at some of the different races at Port Royal and at Larnerville and so I knew Owen was going to be there and I was nice enough to be able to get a picture with him but one of the things I didn't know that was going to be there Brexton Bush which is Kyle Bush's son he was there so I had a chance to talk to Samantha his wife and just said can I get a picture of Brexton and it's a cute one it's on my Facebook page and it's got the little helmet on and just it's just great because what you had said, Don, and, and you can you know just elaborate on it, you never know who's going to be in the pits. Helping Kyle Larson was Carson Macedo. That's a pretty good guy to have turning wrenches. And the racing was good. Uh, the, like you said, the facility's nice. Good buddy Jacob Seelman's the announcer. And nice little concession stand. Very friendly people. And uh, the weather was perfect. A good friend, Lenny Batiki, one of the things he always likes to ask is what's good for food. And the pretzels were excellent. I thought you and I both had one. I know we both enjoyed it. Well, uh, the ongoing uh, part of your trip here, we were running errands. There was a lot of things that had to be uh, taken care of. And I said, there's a really nice restaurant in Mooresville called Corrine's Cafe. I'd like to take you there for lunch. Pick the story up from there. Yeah, we walk in the door, and I see this gentleman that I thought was Bobby Allison, but I'm thinking it's not really Bobby Allison. And then as I look closer, I saw his iconic Allison shirt that he always wears, and you confirmed that the fact that it was Bobby Allison. So we got seated at our table, and there happened to be another couple that approached Bobby and some of his friends there just to – take some pictures and you were kind enough because you know my philosophy i don't do pictures with drivers it's just unless there's a very special event or special occasion and i i broke my rule last year with richard petty but i broke it again this year and you got an opportunity to uh take the picture of myself and bobby i have it posted on my facebook page and as of the taping which was last month it, it's just a, a, a fan favorite already I always remember probably one of the most significant races at Heidelberg that involved Bobby Allison. 
his brother had built a car for Tommy Colella. Tommy wasn't happy about the car. So he asked Bobby to come up and drive it. I think it was a 100-lap race. First lap, guy in front of him does a brake check. Bobby spins out, has to go to the back of the pack, wins the feature, pulls into the infield, said, Tommy, what do you want us to change? Colella was so mad he got in his truck and went home. But Bobby remembered that, brought a big smile to his face. I think one thing that you and I, Don, you know, you raced there and I got to experience it growing up, some of the all-time greats, Lee Petty, uh, the Allisons, you know, Bob Seneker, people that are just love and renowned in racing, raced at Heidelberg. And, and you go back and, I, you know, when we go to Pitts Venue Motor Speedway, we see the shell of some of the things from Heidelberg. That speedway under Ed Witzberger was probably at the time 50 years ahead of itself. One of the things that... Uh I always enjoyed, you mentioned the drivers that were there. Uh, when Lee Petty was racing, Richard had to ride in, it was a uh, 49 Plymouth. It was back to Randleman. And he said one time, uh, Lee rolled the car over, there was no windshield. said it was the longest, coldest, dark, darkest ride of my life. Well, the, the irony of that whole thing is, you know, we're, we've been so used to 79, but, but when they raced, 79 wasn't existing. We used to look up at the Speedway and watch him build it. Dave, as always, uh, really good to have you helping me out. Uh, it, you know, they used to say, Where's, where is Waldo? Now they're going to say, where's Oliveri? It seems like we've, we've been a lot of places in this crazy year this year. I've had an opportunity to go some places that I haven't been in. And Millbridge was that, and Corrine's Diner was one of those. So it was a great trip down here, and I'm, you know, hopefully there will be many more trips back to Troutman in the coming years ahead. Thank you for all your help. Thanks, Don. Listeners, we're at the Bedford Speedway for the – third annual Keystone Cup race uh, for the late models and joining us tonight is the winner Greg Satterley. Greg congratulations on the win. We don't usually see racing this late in western Pennsylvania. Last time I saw you was down at the Pittsburgher but one thing that throughout your career at least I'm going to say this you're very good on the big half miles Pittsburgh, Port Royal and here at uh, Bedford. Is it just something that you adapt well to or just something that you as a driver say I'm really good at these I've never been really good at slowing the car down I think is why Uh, I mean you got to slow down here but the little racetracks your time I I don't know I just seem to be better at momentum tracks where you you know you're not shutting down and putting around but I mean in this place kind of gets that way but I think that helps a little bit is just the fact that I more more into momentum style racetracks. Yeah, we're, we're talking about momentum. Mason really set a fast pace through early the first part of the race, and uh, with the colder temperatures here, and you know, you know, up in the mountains here, it, it just seems like it really about halfway through. I mean, I you were pretty much between third, fourth, and then you came back, and then with about 35 to go, you could definitely see that you were gaining on Mason. And your lines were, at least in my viewpoint, you know, were a little bit different. It seems like there was some brown down on the bottom, and you could catch that. And when you caught it, to me, it seemed like it really mo- set momentum up. That you're actually doing that when you pass Mason coming down the front straightaway. But then through one and two, 
I guess around lap 40, the track, at least to my point, really started to rubber up. And once it rubbered up, you were driving in the 22 right through that, and it just got quicker and quicker, three tenths every lap. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, I, uh, I could maintain uh, quite a bit of uh, momentum across three and four, and I could use the brown and still do it. That's a lot easier when you're running second or third, and you can get a, a, a real good read. I've been I've ran that line here and got passed from the lead, you know, doing what you that exact same line. I've won tons of races using that line here, and I've for sure got passed and lost races because you got to be patient and like. I guess when it works, it works. Something it just it was just dirty off of four, and a lot of times that's where it's rubbered or it gets clean, and it just it wasn't. Uh, once that little bit of brown chop could blow off, uh, you were better to just stay lower in the racetrack and use the traction. And then it finally it got clean right off right outside the traction. And I just stayed there because I could I could use that line and not slide my car. I had to bend my car a little bit early to use that brown, but it wasn't much, so I was. It worked out. I was just praying that all the tires held up. So I've, you know, we've, I've blown so many tires here, whether they've, whether we've wore them out or popped them, bleeding, ripped the deck out. And I don't know how many times. So, Greg, from a driver's standpoint, when you worked so hard to get up front and you got past Mason and you stretched out a lead, then you had a caution come out, and that's always plays on any driver's mind. Is like you said, you begin to think. Is it a tire? What's going to happen? But then, after that caution, again, you picked up right where you left over and were, you know, every lap that much quicker than Mason. And then, took that. how good was it to see those, you know, popsicle sticks with two to go and thinking, okay, geez, here's a $20,000 payday. It was good. I mean, 60 laps around here is a long ways. But when the caution came out, I was kind of happy because those lap cars, I mean, you just sometimes don't know where they were going to go. You get in their dirty air, you start sliding your car. For sure, you probably hurt your tires more trying to race them. So I just soon get a clean racetrack. I knew second, third. I know everyone behind me. I had driven away from. So I just needed to. I just needed to do what I was doing and, and just make smooth laps and just ride her out till the till you see the checkered. So. I had a chance to talk to you at the Firecracker, like in June, which seems to be like forever again. And uh, what's in store for Greg the rest of the year? Are you heading to Charlotte, or does this pretty much wrap up your year? Undecided right now. We talked about going to Charlotte. Um, we're going to... We got an oil pump or some kind of issue with our oil system that we're been battling here the last week and we're going to get that diagnosed before we race again because okay. these things are too expensive to, uh, you know, what, what's the term I want to use? Uh, Do something for Testing, you know, yeah, just yeah. we want to get our problem fixed before we race it anymore. So I, I don't know if you'll see us again this year or not. We'll, we'll see. We're going to we're gonna get this issue fixed and we might race again. We might not. I don't know. If you don't, congratulations on the win. And if this is the way we ended 2020 with all the craziness, I think you went up on a high note. Yeah, for sure. If we just hung her up now, so make a good good winner to to, to to fall back on this. So, congratulations. All right, thank you. This is the Banker Bob Thought for the November off-season show. 
Change is inevitable. Well, except from some vending machines. A message for all racers, race fans, or campers. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania since 1995, we have proudly served homeowners and businesses throughout portions of Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, offering a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects. From sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation, Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include MTU, Kohler, Gillette, Yamaha, PowerTech, and ASCO. The experienced sales force has over 40 years experience in the generator field, providing the resources to design the generator package to meet your needs and specifications and supply the specified products. If service is important to you, they are your source. Alternative Power Sources. For more information, call 1-800-894-4455. Number One Cochrane has created a new way, a faster way, an easier way to buy a car. Now you can complete as much of the process as you'd like online and spend less time in store. Or do it all online and get home delivery. Expressway is way easy to use. Just shop our nearly 20 new car brands and thousands of pre-owned vehicles to find the model that's perfect for you. We're big on transparency, so you get our best possible price up front. We call it our clear-cut price, and it's independently validated by Kelly Blue Book right on your screen. Our experts are standing by to help you throughout the entire buying process. You can also stop at any time, save where you are, and come to the showroom to pick up where you left off. Don't love your new vehicle? Don't worry, we'll take it back, no questions asked. Best of all, Expressway is open 24-7. That means you can buy your way with Expressway right away. Number one, Cochrane. See it all at Cochrane.com. Hey, this is Joey Logano, and you're listening to Rapping on Racing. A lot of exciting things are happening at Jennerstown Speedway next season. And we're going to take a minute and talk to Billy Rebar. Maybe a season wrap-up will regroup and he can talk about the new season. Bill, good evening. How are you? Doing well, Don. Thanks for having me. Well, Don, like you just said there, it's a time to regroup and re-energize those batteries. Uh, it was a heck of a season for everyone, a season that almost didn't happen. And we are actively engaging on working on the 2021 schedule. I have some of which I can share with you tonight. Still got a few things that we're still ready to cross those T's and dot those I's. But we are excited to announce that it is a full schedule next year. And when I say full, uh, we actually reduced from three practice days down to two next year because of the simple fact we wanted to create more race days. So we'll kick off with two practice days beginning April 17th and April 24th. And typically we've had three, uh, you know, Mother Nature, you never know what it's going to do on the mound, but we decided we're going to put it on the date that opening night 2021 will be Saturday, May 1st. And not with five divisions next year, Dawn, we'll have six divisions of asphalt racing. Uh, we're going to rotate off from weeks on end, but we're adding the pro stock division in 2021, and we felt that it was only right to add those on opening night. The opening night, Saturday, May 1st, will contain six divisions of asphalt racing. I like that rotation thing. You want to, I know what you're talking about. You want to explain that for the listeners. 
So what we're going to do in 2021, the Martellus Pharmacy Late Models will compete every week. They will not get any weeks off. Uh, that's our premier division, and those guys are just Jones in a race as much as they can, as is everyone else. But being there at the top, the Martellus Pharmacy Late Models will race every week. The Stoystown Auto Rector Modified, the Ron's Collision Center Street Stocks, the Farmers Union Co-op Chargers, Somerset Trust Company Fast and Furious Fours, and the to-be-determined new Pro Stock Division will then rotate. So, for example, the late models will run 18 featured point events in 2021. The Modifieds are slated to run 16. The Street Stocks are slated to run 15 point events. The Pure Stocks, Charge, and Force Owners will all run 14 events. So, obviously, that's weather-permitting. But it gives guys the opportunity to have three or four nights off throughout the year to make plans, go on vacation, whatever, and not miss those points nights. So we think it's racer-friendly. We think it's fan-friendly, as well as cramming as much into the scheduled dates as we possibly can. You're going to make the wives and girlfriends and moms very happy if somebody wants to get married or have a party or just have the friends over, they can plan, and that is an excellent idea. Well, speaking from experience, happy wife, happy life, and uh, definitely translations over the racetrack. So, you know, we got a lot of guys that are newlyweds or about to be newlyweds. We have some drivers who are expecting babies. So when you can plan around things and you know, even people getting married, things like that, you got to do that. Because let's face it, it's a long summer, it's a long race season, you're committing to every Saturday night. So some people really cherish those nights off, and it it doesn't affect them in the points race. So we decided that was the best way to do. Uh, Not that we don't want to have six divisions every night. We love the fact that we start at 6 o'clock, we're done by 9, 30, 10 o'clock, and we want to stick to that as much as we can. But we have a lot of exciting events planned for 2021. one of the things, the Endora races will continue. Uh, don't have the dates all slated, but as of right now, we have four of those on the schedule. Something new for 2021, Don. Uh, you know, everyone's familiar with the Motor Mountain Masters. That will once again take place on August 6th and 7th, two-day show, one of the largest pro late model races in the country. But we are so proud that the Martellus Pharmacy Late Model Division, that just four short years ago were lucky to struggling to have 10 or 12 cars has broken the 20-digit mark. This year we had 23 Martellus Pharmacy late models take points. Since the season has concluded, we've already had three other drivers out testing for next year. I can't name the gentleman, but you and I discussed before the show started, there's another name out there that's going to come out in 2021, plus a few names from the past. Folks, this is no lie we may average 18 to 20 weekly late models at the Jennerstown Speedway in 2021. There is no one in the country doing this. Extremely excited to see this happen. We have a few guys that plan on running just here and there. My good friend Mike Sweeney from out east, he plans on running anywhere from 7 to 10 races, depending on his schedule. Um, these are guys that are champions at other racetracks that are going to get motors to race at Jennerstown Speedway. You know, we had 35 cars at the Motormont Masters Dawn. We're talking having 20 at a weekly show. This is just gives me goosebumps all over. Um, as that car count increases, we understand that the Jennerstown Speedway, the need to also provide them with bigger shows. So on Saturday, June 5th, will be a 75-lap late model feature. 
that's going to be a tribute race that we're working on to a gentleman that has been long, rich history in racing that's passed away. We had a group of guys that would like to sponsor an event in his name. So we're going to put together a 75-lap late model race for his honor, uh, modified purse, increased purse. We are finally at that point where we can run these extra lap features events and put on one hell of a show for the fans. So really excited to say Saturday, June 5th, will be a 75-lap late model feature. You know, you... Uh, also in 2021, the Super Cup Stock Car Series. I'm going to bounce a little bit around here on the schedule, Don, but Saturday, July 10th, and August 21st, both Saturdays, the Super Cup Stock Car Series will return in 2021, and they're expecting a lot of growth. Uh, they took a year off. They did not run because of the COVID-19 pandemic, and their series director, Joe Schmeling, has already had many new drivers. I've seen just this week uh, Todd Peck, We'll be returning to competition in the Super Cup Stock Car Series. So great to have those guys back. Uh, they're a big supporter of Jennerstown Speedway, and they always bring a good crowd. So we're excited to have them back. Uh, big weekend on Saturday, actually Friday and Saturday, July 2nd and 3rd, will be the Cars Super Late Model Tour. We'll return to the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, one of the biggest paying purses for Super Late Models in the country will converge on the Jennerstown Speedway Complex once again on Saturday, late July 3rd, for a $20,000 payday. Uh, you saw names like Bubble Poller, Stephen Nassi, some of the absolute best super late model drivers in the country at Jennerstown on July 3rd. A few guys weren't able to make it because the Canadian border were closed. Uh, series director Jack McNally, the day after the event, says we're doing this again next year. So we're excited to have Jack back. Uh, also working out some deals, you may just see some local drivers involved, and uh, you might see the Martellus Pharmacy late models compete on that night as well. So the events are getting bigger. They're paying more money. Bigger names are coming in, and, and Jennerstown is just on the map, Don. I mean, you can't have a conversation about short track asphalt racing anywhere without talking about Jennerstown right now. So we're really proud of what we've done. Well, I have uh, also. I have a question Ed? for you. You told me yes, several weeks ago, this is a secret. You can't tell anybody. Can we tell anybody tonight? We're getting really close. I haven't been able to put that on paper yet. Uh, all I'm going to tell you is we have a division that we haven't had at the Speedway in quite a while that we have been in communication with that once I receive a contract in the mail, and I know many, many people are reading between the lines because when we talked about it on the show last time, my phone blew up. Um, but if you can connect the dots, there will be a division that hasn't been at the Speedway in quite so many years returning in 2021 that we're very excited about. But I can't quite let that slip yet. Um, I will say that the non-racing related, the All-Star Monster Truck Tour will come back on July 24th. But in addition to the monster truck this year, we are going to add freestyle motocross. So if you're a dirt bike fan and you want to see backflips and tricks, you definitely want to come to the All-Star Monster Truck Tour on Saturday, July 24th. So we got a little bit of something for everyone. Uh, the other thing, I I'm going to confirm this. It's kind of along with that secret yet. I can't release the date, the details. It's going to be in a little different format, a different little fashion. But I am proud to announce that the NASCAR Will and Modified Tour will return to Jennerstown Speedway in 2021. Um, we were very privileged to have two of their events this year, one without fans, one with fans. Just my favorite cars, Don. I mean, I love late models, don't get me wrong, but the tour-type modifieds are just something amazing. Uh, we're actually going to team up and form a partnership for that show. 
still working on some of the logistics, but hopefully next time we talk, I'll have all the full details for the fans. But definitely NASCAR Will and Modified Tour will return to Jennerstown in 2021. Big late model races on top of the uh, Motor Mountain Masters, Endora Racers, super late model races, super tough stock car series, and a little special treat that hopefully next time we talk, or maybe even at the banquet, it might show up in the banquet report next month. We'll be able to tell you what that is. Well, you bring up a good point. Uh, has a date and a location been chosen for the banquet? It has. Um, Friday, November 20th. It's called GNLE's 2, which is on Route 30, very close to where Mountain View was uh, many years ago near Lake Trobe. Uh, we were able to work with them. Their building is large enough so we can meet all the wonderful COVID restrictions by our wonderful governor in the state of Pennsylvania and still put off the banquet that people have known and loved. So we're excited. The entries are rolling in. If you're still interested, you can visit our website, get all the details. Our cost is $45. It's a great way to honor our champions, our crew members, and a bunch of special awards that night as well. Okay, Bill, have we covered everything? Well, I just wanted to touch, touch on a little bit about this excitement of the, the pro stock division in 2021. You know, Don, as a personal goal, when you start a division and you basically conceive it from nothing, you know, you're hoping to have seven or eight cars. My goodness, has this division exploded. We got drivers like Chucky Kessler who haven't raced in 15 years buying motors to put in his late models. We've got modified drivers like David Campbell buying late models to come racing. We have drivers from everywhere looking at this 602 late model class. Um, earlier this year, I sold a late model to John Komarinsky, who's raced over the years at Jennerstown. Well, his card had some damage. He was going to fix it up, put it together. Well, John ended up fixing his car, went to North Carolina and bought a different car, and now his nephew, Cal Komarinsky, purchased the car off of John that I sold him, who's going to run it in the pro stock division. Jim Bryce, who used to run trucks at Motor Drum in Jennerstown, has been racing dirt, purchased the old Bobby Henry car to come racing. A uh, gentleman named Jeff Giles, who ran Motor Drum for years, he started out in the four cylinders, then he went to the Chargers, did a very brief stint in the Modified. Jeff Giles purchased the old Gary Wiltrow car to come racing. It is unreal the support we are getting for the 602 class. Uh, I believe Chris Brink is going to be racing the 602 Pro Stock class. I met a wonderful family out east when I was visiting the Evergreen Speedway, the Osborne family. Uh, Samantha Osborne, very talented young lady who actually works for C.J. Jones at Jones Racing Equipment. They have a 602 Cray motor sitting around. Dad sent me pictures the other night. They're dropping it in a car to make sure it's ready to go. They're not going to run a full season. They're five and a half hours away, Dawn. They've been to the track for the Masters. They've been there for the car store race. They want to make the trip to come race Jennerstown. So it is just unreal the support we have for this racetrack. It could not happen without the fans, the drivers, and these owners. I couldn't wait for 2020 to get over, but I can't wait for 2021 to get here. Sounds really exciting. And it's a very simple formula. You have a beautiful facility, an excellent staff, and a dynamic general manager. I mean, it's, it's a trifecta. Well, it takes each and every one of us, and we couldn't do it without the owners. We couldn't do it without the officials. Can't do it without the drivers and the fans. And it takes great marketing partners like yourself, Don. And you know, we're all in this together. Uh, gentleman Robert Johnson, you and I are both friends with. Robert has started the basically the Pennsylvania version of the Motorsports Council. 
you know, it takes everyone fighting tooth and nail to keep the sport that we love alive. And if we're all pulling in the same direction, the sky's the limit. And I think we're proving that at Jennerstown. You know, we're making vast improvements for 2021. Uh, you're going to notice all brand new LED lighting on the grand side side of things. You know, the race, the lighting there from the early 80s starting to run into problems. We worked out a deal. We were able to replace that this year, and hopefully in the next two years, replace all the track lighting. So, Jennerstown Speedway is here to stay for our immediate future. Um, God willing, we have uh, the election go the way for everybody that's voting for and keep racing alive, and we just keep plugging away. I thank you. An outstanding report. You have a nice evening. You do the same, Don. Thank you. This portion of Rapid On Racing is brought to you by the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, home of the Motor Mountain Masters. For more information, check out Jennerstown.org. Toma's Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania, where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Toma's, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Toma's Meat Market, located at 748 Dinner Bell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724-352-2020. That's 724-352-2020. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and J.W.C. J.W.C.A. are unaffiliated entities. And now more Rapid on Racing with your hosts, Don Gamble and Mike Lusikowski. All right, fans, joining us now with a lot of good news from Lernerville Speedway, Mike Lysikowski. Mike, good evening. How are you? Good evening, Don. I'm uh, doing well as we've launched the off-season here. And uh, 
Uh, Lernerville Speedway was really the, the last one to uh, enter that mode of off-season as a result of the uh, 12th annual Dirt Car Roundup Steel City Stampede, the three-day event that annually closes out the schedule for the Lernerville Speedway. And uh, just a quick report on that, 332 race teams competed in 14 divisions over three days. And, uh, of course, that does include the Enduro that concluded the event. But uh, just a quick rundown in the People's Natural Gas Sprint Car event. A.J. Flick picked up the $3,000 paycheck over Carl Bowser. Jared Miley won a three-wide battle for his $3,000 paycheck at the Stampede. He got that win over Dave Hess Jr. and Max Blair. In the Big Block Modifies, a $3,000 check went to Rex King Sr. after a feverish battle with Rex King. Jr. In the pro stocks, it was Curtis Bish grabbing the win over Joey Zambotti. That event was shortened due to the time limit, unfortunately, on that event. In the Rush Late Model Touring Series, Max Blair got the win over Joe Martin. In the UMP Modifieds, Brian Ruhlman, who did triple duty racing in the Super Late Models as a former Eldora Speedway champion, winning the UMP Modifieds, and racing in the Rush non-wing sprint cars. Uh, he got that win over second-generation driver Dan Davies in the Modifieds. The 305 Race Saver Sprints, Greg Dabrowski picked up another Lernerville win for local car owner Ed Demi over Andy Cavanaugh coming home in second. Gail Ruth Jr. defeated Brian Ruhlman as the top two in that Rush non-wing sprint car event that we mentioned. The Rush Sportsman Modifieds, Chaz Wolbert, who had a dominating season, got that win over Garrett Crummer, who was the big block modified champion in the weekly Lernerville action. Dustin DiMattia was the winner in the Elite Modified Series. In the Super 6 late models, Kyle Lucon, a familiar face, getting into one of those miniature late models for the win. Josh France was the winner in the four cylinders. Noah Wirganis was the winner in the micro sprints. And the 100-lap enduro was won by Newcastle, Pennsylvania's Tim McVeigh. And Don, with the great success of that event and probably the biggest crowd in the history of the 12 stampedes completed, the date has already been secured for 2021. So again, that three-day extravaganza will conclude next season at the Lernerville Speedway, just as it did several weeks back. I guess you probably figured after the stampede, you could just focus on uh, the off-season preparations for the new year, but that didn't happen. You had another big event. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, we actually uh, ended up with three more events uh, at the Lernerville Speedway. The one uh, actually just passed us by with two more to go. Uh, Lernerville Speedway has partnered with the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. And the Lernerville Speedway has now become a food distribution site. Uh, the first one of those was on Tuesday, October the 27th. And uh, as I got to watch and, and kind of pitch in a little bit with the volunteers here from 6.30 in the morning on, uh, the food was prepared and distributed for the area residents in need. And, and the, the space that was needed and utilized was actually the Lernerville Pit Road entrance where the rigs typically line up for a Friday night show and uh, the two main areas of the spectator parking lot. And so uh, once things were organized very early in the morning, it opened at 11 a.m., and according to the staff of the food bank, they served 435 shares. Uh, roughly that means 435 households 
each share consisted of 65 pounds of food to help those struggling households in the time of need. So with the combination of all of those numbers put together, the staff and volunteers of the Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, along with the Butler Food Bank, distributed 28,000 pounds of food to area residents who are in need. So that was the October uh, rundown, uh, sort of the press release and results of that event. And when I say two more of them, Lernerville Speedway will continue to serve as the distribution site during the months of November and December. Uh, Of course, we want to help to ensure that there's a happier holiday season for all of those suffering from financial hardships in these uh, unprecedented times that we're all suffering through at the moment. So the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank will again offer food here on the grounds of the Lernerville Speedway November 24th and December 22nd. So that's three consecutive months here on the Lernerville grounds that uh, the food bank distribution will occur here at the Speedway. Uh, If you know anybody who's in need of a share of food, uh, if you know somebody that's struggling, you can get the details by visiting pittsburghfoodbank.org or by calling 412-460- Three six six three. Now, the the general procedure on this is that they like for people to register ahead of time so that they can plan a little bit, and and that website and that phone call can get you the registration process. But essentially, as long as they still have food, anyone who shows up uh, will get a share of food. Uh, and and it's it's really a wonderful thing, Don. We got to watch this these volunteers. I mean, it's a team, a serious team of volunteers that assist with the Greater Pittsburgh Food Bank staff. Uh, to make these times a little bit easier for the folks in need. And and Lernerville Speedway was proud to step up when a distribution site was needed. Well, this brings up the question, how did this happen, and how did it end up at Lernerville? Uh, one of the uh, one of the members of the Butler Community Action Group that partners with the Greater Pittsburgh Food Bank uh, had actually attended a nonprofit fundraising seminar that I taught uh, in the Butler area a couple of years ago. Uh, and uh, in reading the local newspapers, which published the story of the new hiring of a general manager at Lernerville Speedway, uh, she remembered my name, saw that article in the paper, gave me a call, and. Uh, she said, hey, that seminar that you taught was terrific. Uh, I've used some of those uh, tactics that you taught to help raise more money for the community foundation here in Butler and the food bank, and, and, and here's what we're in need of for the next three months. And, and that quick conversation, uh, uh, of course, the Thompson family that, that operate and own the Lernerville Speedway and have been here for so long, very, very community-minded individuals because they live just up the road from the Speedway. Uh, we're actually prepping a, uh, a float for the uh, Saxonburg Light Up Night Christmas Parade at this time for the uh, for the high school band to perform on. So, you know, community involvement is nothing new to the Thompson family here at Lernerville Speedway. So uh, when the ask was made by somebody who had uh, uh, made my acquaintance through other nonprofit endeavors, it just seemed like a perfect match because they, they really do need a lot of property for this food distribution. Two trucks, two 18-wheelers of food rolled in about 7 o'clock, 6.30 in the morning, and they need the space to drive those trucks through, unload, and then bring two smaller refrigerated trucks to hold that food until the lines go through. So uh, it, it is a process that needs property, and, and thanks to the Thompson family and their generosity and, and my connections to people helping to uh, volunteer in these communities, we were able to put everything together and help a lot of folks out through these, uh, through these really tough times. An excellent uh, event and two more to come. Now, looking ahead to the future, is there any discussion concerning a banquet? Yes, a Lernerville Speedway banquet will occur 
to celebrate the champions and all those who had tremendous seasons in 2020. Uh, and, and keep in mind, again, the determination of the Thompson family long before I was a part of this, uh, when COVID eliminated a month and a half of races at the beginning of the season, they didn't want to leave these race teams and the investment of those race cars hanging out there with only a couple of shows. So when so many tracks had minimal schedules, Lernerville added events onto the end of the schedule. Uh, you know, typically, the, uh, uh, the Labor Day weekend signals the end of, of weekly racing and the Fab Four divisions here at Lernerville. But this year, uh, what, four or five extra shows were added to allow those competitors to continue fighting for points. And so it only makes sense when, uh, when the Thompson family was that determined in their schedule that they are just as determined to reward those drivers who earned those points. And a banquet will be announced shortly. Uh, there's been, uh, I think it was last season, maybe for the first time, that the banquet kind of changed the time of the year. Uh, Lernerville banquets typically have been held in the March uh, time frame when everybody comes back from Florida Speed Weeks and kind of help to preview the upcoming racing season. And uh, either last year or the year before, there was a January event held that kind of changed up the typical Lernerville timeline. So uh, in the days to come immediately after you're hearing this report, uh, we're going to get the whole team together and decide if a, uh, if a January or a March March banquet uh, is going to be best during these uh, uh, strange times that we have here, and uh, and we'll uh, be publicizing that information through the Learnerville.com website and the social media channels as well. So uh, stay tuned for that announcement, and by the next report, we'll certainly have all the details with times and dates and everything that you'll need to know about that banquet that will definitely occur uh, to celebrate the 2020 racing season, Don. A lot of great news from Learnerville. You and the Thompsons are to be complimented, especially on the food bank thing. I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us, and you have a nice evening. Same to you, Don. Look forward to next month's report. This portion of Rapping on Racing was brought to you by the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, home of the Motor Mountain Masters. For information about upcoming events at Jennerstown Speedway, check out jennerstown.org. Number One Cochrane has created a new way, a faster way, an easier way to buy a car. Now you can complete as much of the process as you'd like online and spend less time in store. Or do it all online and get home delivery. Expressway is way easy to use. Just shop our nearly 20 new car brands and thousands of pre-owned vehicles to find the model that's perfect for you. We're big on transparency, so you get our best possible price up front. We call it our clear-cut price, and it's independently validated by Kelly Blue Book right on your screen. Our experts are standing by to help you throughout the entire buying process. You can also stop at any time, save where you are, and come to the showroom to pick up where you left off. Don't love your new vehicle? Don't worry, we'll take it back, no questions asked. Best of all, Expressway is open 24-7. That means you can buy your way with Expressway right away. Number one, Cochrane. See it all at Cochrane.com. A message for all racers, race fans, or campers. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania since 1995, we have proudly served homeowners and businesses throughout portions of Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, offering a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects. From sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation, Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include MTU, Kohler, 
Gillette, Yamaha, Powertech, and ASCO. The experienced sales force has over 40 years experience in the generator field, providing the resources to design the generator package to meet your needs and specifications and supply the specified products. If service is important to you, they are your source. Alternative Power Sources. For more information, call 1-800-894-4455. Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway would like to thank all of our marketing partners who've helped make the 2020 season a huge success. Deal Automotive, Admar Construction Equipment, Keystone Coachworks, Crawford Auto Repair, Always Safe Traffic Control, Calusi Chevrolet, RockAuto.com, Mastro Ice, RacingJunk.com, Miley Truck Rental, Falcone's Moon Township Automotive, K&N Filters, Yingling, Octane Graphics, Precise Racing Products, Allegheny West Magazine, Zarin Truck and Automotive, Basel Race Fuels, Coca-Cola, and Summit Racing Equipment. PPMS would also like to congratulate our 2020 division champions. In the late models, Ben Police. In the pro stocks, Dave McManus. In the hobby stocks, Stephen Sheltman. In the four cylinders, Philip Bubeck. And in the young guns, Noah Bubeck. Be sure to check out ppms.com during the entire offseason and get all the information you need about the 2021 season at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Tyler Harris. Race fans, I'm here with the driver of the 2017 Tony White here in the pits at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Tony drives a crate late model here. Um, Tony, it's been a crazy year, obviously. Um, you know, a lot of up and ups and downs, but um, so far so good for the most part. Leaps and bounds difference from what you were telling me. But um, let's start off with what what started your career, um, how you got started into racing. Tell me about some of those first years, what you raced, and and how you worked up to your point to where you are now. Oh, we started working on cars back in 99, worked on a pit crew for mostly for Dave Wade. We helped a couple other drivers here and there. Um, 2006, ended up getting a hobby stock, and we ran three years in hobby stocks in 7, 8, and 9. And then the opportunity came up in 2010 with Dave Wade. He was the driver I was helping, and he helped us get into crates and said, here, let's go with that. And so we moved up. Skip 2010 because of a broken back and started in 11. We've been in crates ever since. So you've mostly raced here, um, but you've also wanted to take some time to try to travel a little bit too with the Rush Series and with the Fast Track Series uh, this year. Um, how have your journeys been with that? Um, we've had so much fun traveling with the Rush Series. Um, then this year, Fast Track was starting up a series, so we were going to try to run both of them. Uh, love the Rush guys. Haven't really dealt with Fast Track that much as far as a uh, traveling show. Just whenever they were running weekly here at Pittsburgh. Um, but yeah, we've had a blast over the past, I'd say, five years traveling with the Rush series. Uh, a lot of fun going out and trying different tracks. They're great people to work with and everything else. And really kind of sucked with all this COVID stuff this year that we didn't get to travel as much. But looking forward to getting back on it next year. So you've had some success, too, in your hobby stock days. You raced the hobby stock, and amateur stock, I think, is where you started out at. Uh, and then that's when you switched over. Um, I believe you have some had some success in that hobby stock. Am I right? Yeah, we won a handful of races there, uh, feature races, a lot of heat, race, or a lot of heat races. Um, we 
we're in contention for a championship a couple years. We Like I said, we only ran three years uh, before moving up. But, yeah, we won a circle track club championship in 08. Um, but, yeah, we had, we had a lot of fun. Got to run a couple different tracks. So I think we ran a 250 in, uh, at uh, Tri-City. So we got to travel a little bit there. Not that much with those cars. But... Back then, it was a little bit different, too, uh, at least comparative to, to what hobby stocks are now today. You're running on, like, street tires, uh, pretty basic stuff. What what was into those cars back then? And into what you told me, too, it really depended a lot on how the driver was, more so than the car, because the cars were all pretty much the same back then. Yeah, back then, everything was purely stock. Had to run street tires, uh, street wheels, street rear end, everything. All the suspension was stock. So there really wasn't a lot to do with the cars as far as getting them set up and everything. So it really put it a lot more in the driver's hand. Pretty much the only adjustment we ever did was trying to find different size tires and messing with wheel spacers. That was about it. So your transition into the uh, crate lates, um, pretty tough at first. Um, I believe you drove the number 76, is that right? Yeah, we started in 76 whenever we, well, we ran a 76 in the amateur stock and stuck with it in the crate lay model for the first year. We switched over to 27 in the second year. Now, you picked 27. Uh, we talked a little bit about that. You liked the number two because Rusty Wallace was always your favorite driver, but you wanted something that stood out and wasn't what everybody else was driving. Yeah, there was trying to remember who, but there was a bunch of number twos at the time, so kind of wanted to go with the 27. There really was not too many 27s. I think there was only two at the time. It was Castlevetter and Lauren Longbreak, I think, were the only 27s around then, so we kind of went with that. So if you come here to Pittsburgh or anywhere that you run for that matter, uh, I believe actually this year alone, you've had a few different tracks that you've been to. You've been to Lernerville, you've been to Tyler County, uh, and you've been to Latrobe as well, but also here at Pittsburgh. Um, the car sticks out like a sore thumb, mostly because it's pink on black um, and, and, and a little bit of teal in between there too. Talk to me a little bit about the reasoning behind that uh, color and some of the color options that you've gone through in the past. Um, we just, past few years, I've been just worrying about not really what colors on the car just wanting it to stand out something to be different you know make it a little bit more noticeable on the track so the pink definitely stands out on the bright or on the black with the fluorescent coloring and everything uh we always try to run a little bit something different you know even when we were running just a red car because it red's my favorite color we tried to run a gray and you know just try to throw something a little bit different at it just to make it stand out so next year you won't tell me, but I'll see if you'll tell me this time. You got something else planned uh, for a color scheme. What are, you, what are you thinking? I'm not telling. We, we got we got an idea what we're going to do color-wise, whether or not the design part of it, we're, that, that'll be up to um, Animal Graphics to come up with that. Jim Bloom at Animal Graphics, is that right? Yeah, Jim does our decals now. He does an amazing job. These cars stand out like crazy. Well, I try to figure, you know, maybe try to pull a fast one on you and try to see if you get something out of you. But I understand. I understand. Uh, the other thing that stands out, it helps your sponsors, too, with, with the color. Um, talk to me about some of your sponsors that have helped you out. You said, you, you know, through the past, you've had like five or six here and there. But this year has been a, an, an incredible year for help on this vehicle. Uh, talk to me about some of your sponsors. Yeah, we've got a great group of guys that help us out this year. Um, and through years past, um, Tootsie's Diner, they're probably one of our most supportive. Uh, we've had them on for years. Uh, Colleen down there, they got a little diner down in Coriopolis. Great homemade food, great people to deal with, and real down to earth and everything else. Um, Sheffield Lane's, Ricky D's Pizza, and uh, the Fallout Shelter worked there for a few years, um, helped them out. Rick and Jeannie, they're another great family. You know, most of our sponsors are all family people, and it's, that's what makes it so great. It's they're down to earth and everything else. Um, 
But yeah, they've been on with us for quite a few years. It's been great to have them on. Um, Hercules Manufacturing, they've been on the car since I was in stock class also um, out in Maslin in Ohio. They, we do a lot of work with them through my work and everything else. But yeah, I mean, everybody else, you know, Cummins and Perry, Ashby Manufacturing, um, Lucci Kitchen and Bath, they've also been with us forever. Um, Ray Lucci and his family, like I said, another family deal. They're, they're great people to deal with. Um, Brianna Tumas and Zach Ulrich, uh, realtors, they're new this year. Um, Tri-State Valve. I think I got everybody. Oh, Turbo Start. Turbo Start came on this year. They're they're really great. They're hilarious to deal with. They're, they're really good people. Anybody needs a 16-volt battery or a 12-volt battery for their race car or their home car, get in touch with Turbo Start. Great people to deal with. So not only that, with the car looking the way it does, the car itself is pretty interesting as well. It's a 2013 Rocket, but you call it the Frankenstein car. Why is that? Well, it's a 2013 orange frame. Um, we had it clipped to a blue front whenever we got the car back in 17. So it's kind of a hybrid car. A lot of people didn't like the orange fronts, but it's what we've been able to get our hands on and what we've been able to work with. You said it's kind of been challenging, too, because there is such a different variation. Uh, an orange rear end, a blue front end, kind of makes it tough for the setup. Yeah, because, I mean, if you go by the rocket manual, you got to find the happy combination between the two of them and everything else because it's supposed to be so vastly different between the two front ends. and So you got to set the back end up one way, the front end one way, and it's, it's different, especially because a lot of people now that run rockets are running XR1, so it's even more different than what we're running, and it's just completely different beast and what kind of engine are you running these days we got an ingram 604 in it you said uh a little earlier on too that you guys have had some trouble with engines this year uh, unfortunately not so much this year just in the past couple of years um do you think you finally found a solid combination yeah 17 and 18 were pretty much a disaster a couple years for us with motors i think we went through three or four maybe five i can't even remember but um yeah this year we went all brand new got in touch with mike ingram's first year we dealt with him and He's an awesome guy to deal with, real down to earth, doesn't try to oversell you on stuff you don't need, he tries to just make sure your program's where it needs to be, and that's greatly appreciated, and I'll tell you what, it's probably one of the best motors I've had. So you touched on your racing program itself, and um, you park right next to uh, the 09 Kessler, um, and I understand that you've gotten some help from them so far this year, too. Yeah, it's been great working with them. I've known Billy for years and everything else, but this is the first year that we've really worked hand in hand with uh, his crew chief Jimmy and then their guys come over and help us out whenever we're shorthanded because it's usually just me and my wife here and occasionally my father-in-law but um, yeah it's been great having them along and help, helping us out and everything it's definitely made a big change for us now 2022 your plans were to uh, kind of travel a little bit you're going to travel with all the rush and you were also going to travel with the fast track for their 20, uh, 2020 northeast tour unfortunately uh, COVID-19 got the best of it and uh, they had to cancel the tour uh, so you pretty much just resolved to run in here as much as possible at Pittsburgh yeah um, it's close to home it's 15 minutes down the road from us uh, not a lot of options this year not that it really matters but would have loved to have toured more but you know, with everything is it is what it is, I'm happy that we at least have somewhere to run. That's great. I'm glad the Miley's were able to pull it off and pull the strings and get everything done that they needed to get done so that we had a place to run. 
And now earlier in the interview too, we talked about leaps and bounds difference between the past few years and this year. Seems like with the help of uh, Kessler's crew, you kind of got where you need to be and where you kind of want to be, uh, at least closer to it. Yeah, we've. It's been crazy. I mean, like I said earlier, every year it was a struggle just to get a couple top tens here and there, maybe two a year, and everything else. And this year, it's kind of like if we're not in the top ten, something's wrong. I mean, it's been definitely way better this year having the right help and my wife and I made huge strides on the car this winter getting it better and everything else so been definitely a different year than we've ever had before now coming up for the future 2021 um any ideas of making any changes sticking here in Pittsburgh maybe hopefully if the fast track opens up again you guys are going to go with that uh, really just depends on how schedules play out I mean, like I said, I love touring with the Rush guys. That's going to be my priority. It always has been, always will be. Um, you know, if somebody's running somewhere else or, you know, in between, then great. We'll try to see what we're going to do. If not, we'll be running with the Rush guys. And when we're not getting to one of their tour races, we'll be probably back here at Pittsburgh. Well, Tony, uh, you guys are going to push off for hot laps here soon. I don't want to hold you guys up any longer. Uh, best of luck for the rest of the season. Even though we're kind of getting towards the end of it. Um, you know, obviously a couple races left to go. So best of luck there. Best of luck in 2021 as well. And um, hope all the best. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. A message for all racers, race fans, or campers. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania since 1995, we have proudly served homeowners and businesses throughout portions of Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, offering a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects. From sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation, Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include MTU, Kohler, Gillette, Yamaha, Powertech, and ASCO. The experienced sales force has over 40 years' experience in the generator field, providing the resources to design the generator package to meet your needs and specifications and supply the specified products. If service is important to you, they are your source. Alternative Power Sources. For more information, call 1-800-894-4455. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact fine. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, Give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. 
RPS Financial Solutions and JWC, JWCA are unaffiliated entities. And now more Rappin' on Racing with your hosts, Don Gamble and Jim Zufall. Fans, we're now going to chat with the voice of Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, Jim Zufall. Jim, good evening. How are you? Don, it's been great. Off-season has been uh, kind of a breath of fresh air, I guess. Uh, finally getting away from worrying about whether we're going to be open or closed or COVID's going to have an issue with us. Sorry to see race season go, but I don't think we're anybody sorry to see the 2020 season get out of our way and try to look ahead to the next season. Uh, PPMS, of course, had the Pittsburgh 100 on October 2nd and 3rd. Normally, that's the way we close up the season, but uh, because other speedways, including ourselves, decided to extend the season, we had one more week of racing, and that was on October 10th, an eight-division show, which included winners uh, the Falcone 410 sprint feature. It was Brandon Vanis. The Rush sprint feature, Zach Morrow, took that win. The Rush Sportsman Modified. It was Chaz Wolbert winning yet again in the Sportsman Modifieds. Rush late model dirt series, young Logan Zarin, 17-year-old defenseman on the Township's hockey team. Boy, he's really lighting up just like his dad did uh, years back. In the Admar Pro Stock, second career win for Mike Harris out of Bridgeville. Very happy Mike Harris. In the Keystone Coachworks Hobby Stock feature, it was Cody Catellis. The Crawford Auto Repair four-cylinder feature, Bill Tennant out of College, Colliers, West Virginia, picking up another win. And a very, very popular win in our Young Guns division as Cameron Lambert out of Mars, Pennsylvania, picked up his first career win at the Speedway in any kind of racing, actually. And uh, it was a great, great time all around in the Lambert crew. I talked to Chase a couple of weeks, actually last week or two weeks ago, I guess it was. Chase works at a local uh, oil change place where I go, and I got to talk to him, and uh, everybody was really happy about Cam's uh, about Cam's victory. So, but that was our final week of the year. We did throw a monster truck show in at the end. Uh, the track is leased to an outfit that does a monster truck show. From what I understand, that went really well. But back to the Pittsburgher. Um, a couple of, uh, well, not a couple of weeks, actually a full month ago now on the October show, uh, Don, you played a really nice tribute to Doug Clark that Dave Oliveri did right on track in front of all the fans. Doug Clark, of course, 38 years or so as one of our super snuffers, a guy you just absolutely count on, has, you know, turned in his retirement papers and he's headed to Florida and Dave just did a <clears throat> remarkable job of honoring him. Well, after that was over, I, I had it on my mind to, to pay tribute to the fans for putting up with everything we've had to do all season. I don't think anybody in my position, you know, Eric Westendorf or anybody, any other announcer anywhere around the country, ever thought they'd be encouraging people to not sit next to each other and please put a mask on when you get up and move around. And that's all we did all year. Our fans were outstanding. So I, I wanted to let the people who were the once-a-year visitors to the Pittsburgher know who they were sitting am- amongst, and that is the greatest race fans ever. So I took a moment before opening our ceremonies on the Saturday night of the Pittsburgher. I opened up the mic, and this is what came out. Uh, you know, we all know this has been a really really difficult time in our history we've all gone through it we're going through it personally tragically some of us are going through it in the worst way and here in the racing community you know we've been fortunate we've been able to race a lot of tracks on the east coast talk to the lucas guys talk to the rush people they haven't turned a wheel on a track all year long and we with a seven week delay and then being shut down yet again one more time we have the most loyal fan 
base that you could ever have. I want to talk specifically to the people that are here once a year for the Pittsburgher. What we need to do, folks, is for you that are here once a year, for you that are here once a year for the Pittsburgher, we want you to know how faithful and loyal and fiercely loyal our weekly fans are that have put up with the delay that have put up with everything that we have asked them to do, including what we're asking you to do tonight. And I'll interrupt my little speech here for just a minute. You already are seeing it. The green bleachers, the orange bleachers, the separation, the distancing. We ask you to put a mask on when you go downstairs. We've been doing that all year long. And something we never thought we would get accomplished this season, in this most difficult of seasons, is we got in every single memorial race that we had on our schedule. We were able to honor names like George and Scott and Miley and Laboon and Miley and Barack and White and Beatty and tonight Hendren. These are the people whose shoulders we stand on as we come here every Saturday night. These are the folks that have plowed the road for us to be able to be here on Saturday nights and for our final, usually final weekend of the year at the Pittsburgher. Thanks to the efforts of Vince Laboon, Brandon Lockwich. My goodness, thanks to the efforts of Robert Johnson from the United States Motorsports Association, who, I, as I have said, has been making ears bleed in Harrisburg, telling those people that we need to stay open and we need to race. So many people here need to be thanked. But once again, for those of you that are here once a year for the Pittsburgher, we welcome you here. But we also want you to look around. We have the most fiercely loyal fan base who have put up with us and all these regulations we have to deal with and the delays and the cancellations. And we have our fans to thank for that. Look around, all of you, the fans that are here every week as well as the once a year folks, Give yourselves a hand. This has been a year we never thought we would get in, and we did. And, again, I cannot thank our fans enough on behalf of Miley Motorsports. We really appreciate it, and we're just grateful that we've made it to this point in the season. And then, as I mentioned, uh, we had a monster truck show to wrap up the, uh, the year for the track. Schedule for next season is getting underway. What else is getting underway is new clay is being put on the track, and uh, Ron Hall excavating being a part of that, I believe, is, uh, is who was working there. So new clay is going down on the speedway. We want everybody to know that the off-season is upon us, obviously, so the best way to keep in touch with what's going on at PPMS for the 2021 season, all hoping it's going to be a better than 2020 for sure, is for everyone to keep in touch through our social media streams uh, on Facebook. We are Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Over on Twitter, it is at PA Motor Speedway. And, of course, everything you ever need to know about PPMS can be found at ppms.com. Don, that is a wrap for the 2020 season. I think no one would argue that it's probably the most difficult season we have ever had to, to travel through. Before I let you go, on another note, and it's not a Pittsburgh note, but uh, at the Stampede, uh, Logan Zarin lent a motor to Jeremy Wonderling, and Jeremy won the championship with that motor. You talk about sportsmanship. I don't know how they know each other, maybe from traveling around the circuit, but that's as good as it gets. 
Yeah, and Wonderling has always been a top guy on that Rush Series. Of course, I, I do some writing for the Rush Series and cover all their tracks around the whole Northeast region, and Wonderling's name comes up all the time in those Western New York tracks. Uh, but you, you speak, you know, you said it's sportsmanship, and that is, uh, that's the hallmark of this sport that we love so much. And you've heard that story over and over again down through the years, you know, a lone motor, a lone part, crew members running from one pit area to another to help a guy get back on the track, and that guy will turn around and beat your own, you know, your own racer. But uh, that's, that's what we love most about this sport is the family aspect and the sportsmanship, to be sure. That's what happened to David Scott several years ago at Lernerville. He and uh, Nick Jones were battling for uh, the title. They kind of tangled in the heat race, and Nick had some suspension damage, and Scott's crew fixed the car, and Nick won the championship. So, case in point. And I think if you talk to historians all across this country, you're going to find stories at every single dirt track, racetrack, you know, any kind of race facility anywhere across the country. You're going to repeat that, and as I said, that's just the sportsmanship we love about this sport. Jim, I thank you. Great report. Uh, We'll talk to you next month. You betcha. This portion of today's program is brought to you by Alternative Power Sources. Toma's Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania, where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Toma's, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Toma's Meat Market, located at 748 Dinnerbell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724-352-2020. That's 724-352-2020. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri. Listeners, joining, joining us on Rapping on Racing is a first-time guest, Ryan Frazee. Ryan, right, welcome to Rapping on Racing. This is your third year in the Crate Late Models, and I had an opportunity to watch you the last couple years. You were growing with the series, and nowadays, it just 2020 has just been an interesting year for us in general, and especially for you, but we'll get, we'll get into that a little bit later, but... Six wins on the year, four at Roaring Knob, uh, two at Latrobe, big half-mile track, Latrobe, uh, Roaring Knob not so much, a little tighter, but it is closer to home for you. And then occasionally you get to come to Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, which is just uh, total total speed. But uh, let's, you know, let's talk about your year. Yeah, we've actually had a pretty good year. Um Beginning of the year, it started off. We was we was good. Um, we were there, you know, in position about every night we were out. Um, we did a lot of local racing because of my dad having leukemia. Um, we did a lot of local racing. We did some tour racing, but we didn't get to do too much tour racing because a lot of it got canceled. Um, then about midway through the year, we started um, traveling a couple of different tracks we haven't been to, like Latrobe and stuff. And we got um, four wins at Roaring Knob, two at Latrobe. And it's, it's been a pretty good, the last half of this year, you know, we've really 
we found this, this thing's been a hot rod. You know, we got this XR1 dialed in, and we've been really good and consistent, so hopefully we can keep it up for tonight. We haven't been to Pittsburgh in probably, you know, two, two, two and a half months, so um, it's been a little while, and uh, we're going to try and see what we can do tonight, and hopefully we can, you know, get in the show and have a good run and, you know, compete with these guys. It's been a while since we've run anything rush. We've been running a lot of fast track stuff. Um, that's been, you know, what's been open and stuff to me. We don't have a lot of rush um, tracks around my house, and Roaring Knobs about two miles from where I live. So it's really, it's hard not to go there on a Sunday. Um, we've been racing a lot there. We've got four wins there, and four wins, and I think about half to the season we got our first one, and it just seemed like it took forever to get it. And we were just, we were a little bit behind there. We did start doing some homework and. We, we caught up to where everybody was at, and now, we're in, now we are where we need to be to win some races. So hopefully we can get a couple more before the year's over. And uh, we're going to have a benefit race from my dad and stuff towards the end, of, um, actually next weekend at La Trobe. And um, it's gonna, right now it's paying 2000 to win. Um, I think it's 35 or 40 laps. We're going to try to up the purse a little bit. We have some, um, some money and some sponsorship and stuff. We have some awards and baskets to give out. So hopefully that's a, a good night of racing, and we get a lot of, um, a lot of support and a lot of cars. Um, but we should have a good good weekend next weekend. I'm hoping for a really good weekend this weekend here at Pittsburgh, too. Ryan, with the different series, and I've talked about this, whether it's the World of Outlaws or Lucas or it's Fast Track or Rush, the similarities are there, but yet in, in each way there's there's differences. So when you go from setting the car up to Fast Track rules, so that's what you ran last weekend. Now you're coming to Pittsburgh for two nights, and now you, back at the shop, have to set it up to the roles that Rush makes you run by. How, just maybe tell myself and the listeners, what are some of the major differences is, uh, that, that you encounter when you have to go from one series to another? Oh, yeah, there's a lot. Um, there's definitely a lot of different um, roles that they have. Um, you know, there's there's things with shocks and stuff that we have to change, and from fast track to rush, and that does play a big factor because on these cars, you know, shocks and your shock pack, shock and spring package and stuff means a lot, and it's just pretty much, it's, you know, it's 80% or 90% of the car. So, um, you know, we change a lot. I mean, we don't change a lot. We do change some. We change a decent amount on the car when we come here from, you know, my fast track stuff. I run a couple things different. That I like at, um, at them fast track, you know, racetracks we've been at. We we started to get, we you know, we got a good balance in a race car right now. It's just I haven't been to any rush races in probably two two and a half months. So I'm hoping for a good night and just to get some, just to learn a couple more things and get some more things to you know write down in a notebook and and so we know what not to do and what to do. And um, you know, we're just going to try a couple things tonight, kind of use it as a test night for tomorrow. And if we're good, we're good. And if not, we're going to work on it. So we're going to keep digging and hopefully we can get a little bit better. Um, you know, we've been close. Uh, yeah, last time we was here at Pittsburgh, we was in the show. Um, not well, not last. The last time I was here, the time before, we were moved, we were passing a couple cars, and I got a right rear flat tire and put it in the wall and lost a spoiler. And after that, you know, it's air so big here and with everything, and this this track's just so big and so momentum and stuff that you know that spoiler means so much. We was I think we was passing for seventh or eighth, and we hit the wall with a flat got a flat tire and put me in the wall and uh, we went back out to finish you know like 17th or 18th just to keep try to keep some points up but you know we've we've had a good year and all in all but we do change a lot on the race car I mean 
not a ton, like I said, but we do change a couple things. So it does play a big factor, and it's you know you're you're thinking about it all the time. You know, is what I have on now going to you know be good, or you know these guys are racing local, locally, weekly racing in Pittsburgh, and they have something. Are they getting better? You know, they're getting better as the every week goes by. So you know, you always got to stay on top of the game, and sometimes it can you know change a lot of a lot of times it does. You know, week to week is something. Every day something new comes out, and you know somebody thinks of something new that's better. So you got you're on your toes all the time. How nice is it? I mean, your family. We're going to get into that, but your sister dates a fellow racer, so and he runs here on a weekly basis. So, not that he's going to share every little secret with you, but it, it, it kind of maybe helps for a basic setup since you haven't been here for a while. And we're, we're talking about Mike Doritsky there, and he picked up a win here at Pennsylvania Miller Speedway, I believe, a couple weeks ago. So. Again, at least you have a little bit of a notebook to, to go and say, hey, Mike, you know, what, what have I missed since I haven't been here in the last two, you know, two months? Yeah, I do in ways. Um, in ways I do, but it also it's, you know, we, we are competitors, and I take this as serious as, you know, <laughs> as serious as it gets. Um, I, don't, I come here to win races. Um, I come here to have fun, too. So my dad always said, if you're not having fun, don't worry. If you, we don't, as a team, or you know, as a family, if we're not going to have fun doing it, then we are just—that's when you quit. So we we're having fun doing it. Um, I have help. You know, if something—if I got a question, you know, he'll he'll answer. But you know, we are competitors, and we don't really talk. You know, he comes up. You know, we hang out and stuff. We don't really talk too much about that stuff. It's kind of a—he keeps he what he's got going on. He keeps in his head, and what I got in my car, and what I got going on, I keep to myself. But if somebody's way off, you know, there's some nights. You know, I, I remember a couple times. You know, he was really you know way off the ball. You know, way out in left field, and and I helped him out. And you know, there were some times the same with me. I was way off, and I asked him for help. But um, Mason Ziegler is a big big part of my you know program, and he really helps me. You know, he's he lives pretty close to me, and we're really good friends. And Mark Smith and MS Shock Therapy, I gotta thank him. You know, he does my shocks and stuff, and he's been a really big help. And you know, if I need something last minute, I know I can give him a call, and he'll answer and he'll help me out best he can. I um, I have a lot of sponsors on my car this year. It's really come on board, and really been a big help. And all the tr- all the drivers that's driven me to the track, you know, my, my dad hasn't been able to bring me to any of the races. Um, so other than Roaring Knob, you know, he can he can take me over to there, um, and it because it's only two miles from my house. But Pittsburgh, we're almost two hours away. So really, anywhere other than Roaring Knob, we're about at least an hour and a half away. So I have to have a driver. I want to give a shout out to a couple guys. You know, um, Brett, Brandon, um, Alan, John, and uh, Scott. They've really come on board and really helped me and. We've rotated and um, helped me, you know, get me to the racetrack and you know the tour races and stuff. So it's really been a you know a huge a huge help. Um, I'd like to thank all my sponsors: Jacobs Well Drilling, MS Shock Therapy, Mason Ziegler, Naraka Decals, RW Frazy, um, Penske Shocks. Just everybody on the car that helps Glade Pipeline Services and um, Schaefer Transferring and Moving. Um, everybody that helps on the car is a big part, and every each and every one of them um, really does help, and I really appreciate it. Ryan, just to wrap things up, you know, we talked initially at the beginning of the interview about 2020 being being really crazy for all of us dealing with COVID. You know, within your family, like I said, your dad's, you know, dealing with an illness and you guys are like inseparable. And, you know, for the longest part, he couldn't even make it to the races. I know within the last month, his condition and some things have been improving and he's been able to sit in the car and watch you race and be able to you know again two miles from home it's a little bit easier but back during the the uh, the race at Lernerville during the uh, 
the firecracker weekend you came out with something for your dad and it, it was very heartfelt you wanted to send a message and you did so let's you know tell the listeners what that message was well i think i put a new body on that weekend and um i needed a spoiler and i always ran well, i ran a matte black you know my, my body was matte black well i couldn't find one i called down the robbie at rocket and i asked him and he didn't have anything and he well he didn't have you know the, the size i wanted and so i said well you know what i you know i thought about it and for orange for his cancer i and i cut in the color i said you know what i said you got an orange spoiler down there and he said, let me look. And he looked and he had one, you know, you know, what I wanted and everything. And it was orange and a fluorescent orange. And so my sister went down there on, a, I think, the day before we was leaving, the night before. And um, she went down and picked it up. And Bobby Naraka with Naraka decals come over. He decaled my car. And it really stood out. So we've kind of left it on since then. And um, But, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, you know, he, I, didn't, I didn't see it until after I wrapped the car. He didn't know about it. He was he was home, and then I, I said, "Come on up, and look at it." And he, you know, he I'm sure he was happy. And he doesn't say too much, you know, and he, he's really positive. And you know, I like to thank my mom and dad and my whole family. You know, they for everything they do is sticking behind me through all this racing. I love it. Um, I love racing. That's you know, I work and race, and I go to school. I'm a senior, so we're just gonna keep on digging, man. It's it's tough. It's a tough road to go down, and I never thought you know it would happen, but it did. And we're gonna deal with it, and we're gonna. My dad hopefully is gonna get better, and. We had to stay positive, and hopefully here soon, you know, next year we can get back to normal with after COVID and my dad's, um, with my dad's cancer and stuff, and hopefully he can get better so we can do some a lot more travel. And we did a lot of traveling last year as a family, and you know that was a, that was awesome. And it's really a, a, a family team effort. I don't have any help during the week, you know. It, it'd be nice to have a guy to help, you know, help you know maintenance the car, do tires and shocks and stuff. But uh, here the past two years, I've been doing everything myself and. You know, you know everything that's going on, that's for sure. You know, you don't have other people doing it, so you know exactly what's on the car, what's going on, is, you know, th- this and that. And um, at the racetrack, I do have my sisters that help me. Um, they do help a lot. You know, the tires, fuel, anything I do and anything I ask them to do, you know, that I know that they're capable of doing, and they are capable of doing a lot of stuff. Uh, I'm looking at the racetrack and trying to get stuff ready and things like that or talking to people, you know, somebody wants to talk. So it's definitely, you know, a big part. And I really appreciate it. My grandma comes on my races. You know, she tries to come almost every one of them. My sisters come. My mom and dad come. But um, it's been, a, it's been a, a crazy year with COVID and with my dad. We found out last year in November we had um, leukemia. And um, it's been a tough road. But we're going to get through this. And next year, hopefully, we're going to get back to normal, back to racing a lot more. On that bright yellow, or now this is going to be orange spoiler, there's a message on the back. Tell the listeners what that message is. Um, on the spoiler, it says I raised for my dad. I, I tried to come well, my mom, or I can't remember if it was me or my mom and Jenna. We, I said, well, I'm going to put something on there. I said, instead of putting Rocket or, you know, Rocket chassis or, or my, one of my other sponsors on there, I said, I'll move him on the other side of the car, you know, on the side. And I said, let's put something on there for dad, you know, with the spoiler. So that's what we kind of come up with last minute. And I had Bobby print it out and he put it on. So it does look pretty good. And I, I think it was pretty neat. And, you know, um, I think he really liked it. So that was definitely, I, I'm definitely glad I put the orange spoiler on. Plus, it does kind of help stick, let the car stick out when it's dark and you can't really see it. Everybody's got black race cars. Well, we, we wish you the best this weekend at the uh, Pittsburgher. And we wish your dad continued recovery and health and hopefully he can beat that and to your family like i said your mom and your sisters they've been your biggest supporters and again thank you for joining us on wrapping on racing yep thank you this portion of today's program was brought to you by alternative power sources 
Number One Cochrane has created a new way, a faster way, an easier way to buy a car. Now you can complete as much of the process as you'd like online and spend less time in store. Or do it all online and get home delivery. Expressway is way easy to use. Just shop our nearly 20 new car brands and thousands of pre-owned vehicles to find the model that's perfect for you. We're big on transparency, so you get our best possible price up front. We call it our clear-cut price, and it's independently validated by Kelly Blue Book right on your screen. Our experts are standing by to help you throughout the entire buying process. You can also stop at any time, save where you are, and come to the showroom to pick up where you left off. Don't love your new vehicle? Don't worry, we'll take it back, no questions asked. Best of all, Expressway is open 24-7. That means you can buy your way with Expressway right away. Number one, Cochrane. See it all at Cochrane.com. Business owners, if your ad was here, our listeners could find out about your company. Speedway Productions has several advertising packages to fit your budget. Rappin' on Racing airs live Mondays, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, RappinOnRacing.com, or Hulu Television. You can also listen on your computer, iPhone, or iPad. Don and his co-hosts present the good, the bad, and the ugly of local racing. The two-hour show features local track reports, special guests, driver interviews, and all of the national racing news. Check out the show and let us know if you are interested in becoming a marketing partner. For additional information, call 412-999-6625 or email rappinonracing at gmail.com. fans joining us now is tom lang and we're going to talk drag racing tom good evening how are you good evening don it's a pleasure to join you as always you know some local drag racers are making headlines in the national scene tell us about it yes the uh, p2 contracting racing team visited virginia motorsports park for the brian olson memorial world finals the final race of the 2020 pdra season Originally, the schedule called for two qualifying sessions on Friday, two qualifying sessions on Saturday, and eliminations on Sunday. But the weather forecast, now that called for all-day rain on Sunday. So the program was reset with just two qualifying sessions on Friday and eliminations to be completed on Saturday. 
Kurt Stedding, owner and driver of the P2 Contracting Pro Boost Camaro, qualified third with a 3.657 at 206.54 mile per hour. Both of those numbers were career best for Kurt. Stedding's first-round opponent, Ben Shaddy, broke during qualifying, so Kurt got a free pass in round one. Crew chief Todd Tuttero tuned the car to a relatively easy 371 at 204, which was enough to earn lane choice for the second round where he faced Kevin Rivenbark, one of Stedding's championship rivals. Kurt took the win over Rivenbark with a 368 at 204 to a 370 at 200. In the semis, Kurt faced Jason Harris. Harris drilled the tree with a near-perfect 009 reaction time, but his 368 with a 9 was not enough to cover Stedding's 366. That loss ended Harris's hopes for the world championship in Pro Boost. Stedding's final round opponent would be Johnny Camp, who's practically a neighbor of Stedding's. Camp lives in Cannonsburg, while Stedding resides in Collier Township. Camp qualified in the number five spot with a 367 with a five. Camp worked his way past Mark Metter's turbo car, who set top speed of the meet in their first-round battle at 214.62 mile an hour, but his ET of 376 was not enough to challenge Camp's 368. Second round, Camp squared off with Randy Weatherford. Camp had the better reaction time, ran away a 368 to best Randy's 370. And in the semis, Camp put away John Strickland on a hole shot. Strickland ran quicker at 3.666, but Camp's much better reaction time gave him the win with a slower 368. Between them, Stedding and Camp have won the last two races on the PDRA schedule. Stedding won his first PDRA race at the August race at uh, Virginia Motorsports Park. And Camp won his first PDRA race at Galat two weeks ago. So whoever won this race was going to win two of the last three, and no one else had won two races in Pro Boost this season. So somebody was going to make their mark on the sport. Unfortunately, the rain moved in Saturday night and halted the race before the final could be run. It rained all day Sunday and halted, or I'm sorry, and uh, the final was rescheduled to Monday. The PDRA team could not get the track prepped to, the, to finish the race on Monday, so it was pushed again to Tuesday at noon. When Tuesday morning dawned and the skies were so dark and the moisture was hanging in the air, it became apparent to everybody that there was no way this track could be prepared properly for the race to be completed. John Camp had left the track the day before to fuel his rig and visit some friends in the area because he was not on the property for the driver's meeting at 1 p.m. where the decision to call the race was made. Stedding was declared the winner by forfeit. The rules did require him to stage his car under power and take the tree to make the win official, which Stedding did. So Stedding became the only driver in PDRA Pro Boost to score two wins in 2020. He finished third in the points, just 121 points behind champion John Strickland. Kurt's son Ethan has been uh, rather hot lately, hasn't he? Yes, uh, his son Ethan uh, races in the Pro Junior Dragster class, and uh, he had a pretty good weekend down there in Virginia. 
He qualified number three just like his father did when he laid down a 7.903 second run against the 790 index. Uh, Ethan knocked off Michaela Maddox in round one and Connor McGee in the second round before he fell to Braden Davis in the semifinals. Ethan had advanced to the final round at the previous race at Galat, only to lose when he ran under the index in the final round. So Ethan has had quite a finish to the season. The Steddings were not the only Western Pennsylvania drivers who left their mark at the Virginia race. Why was John Vergott so happy about his visit to VMP? Yeah, John, uh, he doesn't run all of the PDRA races, but uh, he did come to the last two. Uh, I saw John at Keystone in September for the IHRA bracket finals. I asked if his season was over, and he told me he would go to Gallatin, Virginia, as he had two goals in mind. He had never run in the 370s, and he had also never run over 200 miles per hour, and he had hoped to achieve both before putting the car away for the year. John did get his first 370 at Galat when he clocked a 377, but his speed was, get this, only 199.70 mile per hour. <laughs> the third time he'd run over 199, but not eclipsed 200. On the final qualifying shot for Pro Nitrous at Virginia, John finally got that elusive 200 shot when he ran 3.775 at 200. .26 mile per hour. That put him in the number 11 spot. Uh, unfortunately for him, his weekend came to an end in the first round of eliminations at the hands of a really good friend, Matt Gunther. That first round win for Gunther was the beginning of a very good run. Uh, Matt knocked off Lizzie Musi in the second round, 375 at 199 to Musi's 393. Ironically, Matt's engine was built by Lizzie's father, the legendary Pat Musi. In round three, Gunther put an end to the championship aspirations of PDRA series owner Tommy Franklin, uh, 373 to Franklin's 381. That sent Matt to the final round to race Jim Halsey, who is the national record holder and had clinched the points championship when Gunther took out Franklin. Uh, That final was also delayed due to the weather, and eventually Gunther and Halsey were declared co-winners. Uh, they split the purse, and both were rewarded with winner's points, and they each got a trophy and one of the big presentation checks. Uh, all the other classes split at whatever round of eliminations had been completed before the rain. Uh, Gunther's another guy that doesn't go to all the PDRA races. Uh, it's a family team, and it, it was really special to see them make the final round. Unfortunately, they weren't able to run it. You were telling me earlier about a moment of personal satisfaction for you. Uh, Yes, as our longtime listeners might know, I was involved in the Asphalt Wars series, uh, mostly at Thompson Raceway Park, but we ran some races at Keystone and Empire also. And I was involved there for over 10 years until it came to an end last season. So I was watching the cars streaming by our pit area at the PDRA race at Galat, North Carolina, a few weeks ago. And I counted nine drivers that had run in the Asphalt War Series. And three of the top cars in Pro Boost, uh, Jim Beadling, Kurt Stedding, and John Camp, all got their start in Asphalt Wars. Matter of fact, those three cars make up all the finalists 
in the uh, last three races in Pro Boost and PDRA. Uh, John Vergots and Dave Romer and Pro Nitrous, they were two of the original sponsors of Asphalt Wars. They backed the series for its entire life span. And as I made my way through the pits, talking to the crews of those drivers and a bunch of other people I encountered there, I'll bet I came across well over 100 people that had been involved in our series. When you're running something like Asphalt Wars, you're so focused on all the things it takes to run that series that you don't always see the big picture, uh, the impact that it has on the sport. Now, the PDRA is a bona fide major league sanctioning body, and being at these last two races, seeing all the people who are competing at this high level of competition, and knowing something that I helped run had an impact on these people and helped propel them to reach this level of competition that exists in the PDRA, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm not trying to take credit for their success, but I feel like I helped them on their way. Uh, it's one of the most gratifying moments that I've experienced in my 30-plus years of involvement in drag racing. Well, you've had an impact on a lot of people in a lot of different ways. I mean, your reports at Rapid on Racing, three decades and plus, the PID reunion that you started at Keystone, and the Asphalt Wars. Just think of how many lives you've touched. And, well, you probably know because you've been involved in stuff like this yourself. As you're doing that, you're so focused on what you're doing, you don't realize exactly the impact that it has on people. And uh, especially when I look at Pro Boost, well, all right, right there at Virginia, the two finalists in Pro Boost were John Camp and Kurt Stedding. They both got their start in Pro Mods in Asphalt Wars. And then the other side in Pro Nitrous, Gunther also ran a ton of Asphalt Wars races. So three out of the four finalists in the top two series, or the top two classes at PDRA, they were all Asphalt Wars veterans, and uh, I don't know, it's just kind of cool to, to see guys doing well that you know personally, and uh, you kind of were around as they worked their way up, you know? Definitely a moment of personal satisfaction. We thank you for an excellent report, and you have a nice evening. Uh, you do the same. Thanks, Don. This portion of today's program is brought to you by number one, Cochrane Automotive. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. 
Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and J.W.C. J.W.C.A. are unaffiliated entities. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri. Listeners, we're at Sharon Speedway in night number one of the Apple Fest. And joining us is the driver of the Pro Stock 31, Noah Brunel. Noah, welcome to Rapid on Racing. I think it's been a couple years since we've had you on. You've pretty much been running the pro stock for quite a few years now and you're gaining more and more experience you've picked up some wins at learnable but this year you've had an opportunity to pick two wins up on the penn ohio series yeah thunder mountain and tri-city both uh actually almost in the same week one was friday of the first week and then uh the next sunday after that at tri-city so yeah it was cool picking them up uh i guess we were on a hot streak so you can say almost had one at learnerville but uh had a flat with a couple to go, so almost three right there off the bat. Just have to ask, and I've known you for a while, and you've raced, you know, multiple different tracks. But when you get out to Tri City, and I had an opportunity to watch the race at Tri City, and, and I guess all the stars were aligned that night because you just had one rocket ship that night. And they don't know that doesn't always happen very often, and when it does, you enjoy it. And at Thunder Mountain, it's a fast track. It's a little bit more technical than. Uh, we'll say, um, like we set up at uh, Tri-City, but is it something that you adapted a little bit better this year to the bigger tracks? Yeah, I guess so. Tri-City, we were we were especially good up there. We were pretty good at uh, Thunder Mountain that night, and actually Andrew got around us on the initial start and just kind of watched where the, where the faster lines were, and we had to try something. Got up high and ended up able to get back around them, which that was good, but... Um, yeah, Tri-City was just especially good. I guess uh, car, motor, driver, uh, right down to pulling your pill, everything was good that night. Now, well, we're going to talk about the car. You've been you know, working with Chris Schneider for the last couple years. Do you think learning from Chris, who's one heck of a driver, probably one of the better ones in the area, but in terms of a chassis builder, learning that knowledge that you can apply to this car, because this car is new to you this year. Yeah, yeah, these cars are, are pretty uh, pretty top-notch. I mean, Chris has his stuff figured out, and, you know, obviously being around it more and uh, seeing it all week long, it, it really helps out. Uh, you know, just being in the loop with everything and, and new setup techniques and trying different springs and stuff. But these cars are uh, they're pretty pretty uh spot on right now i mean you see pittsburgh i think we were like two through two through seven or eight or something down there and you know alan obviously showed us how it was done that night but uh we were pretty good down there we all were happy with our cars and uh it's just something where you know you you keep keep each other updated on it try new stuff and uh hope something works and i guess what we're doing is working now so that's that's uh a good thing to have going i guess on the bigger tracks, though, do you really, especially with the way the cars are configured now with, with the MD3 front ends and the spoilers and just the overall package of the cars, I mean, it's not like a leaf spring, you know, 15 or 20 years ago. 
How important is it that you feel clean air out there, especially as a leader, when you have clean air, again, at the larger tracks, Pittsburgh, uh, you know, Thunder Mountain, where it's a momentum track, and even a Tri-City. To me, I think clean air would be almost like your best ally. Yeah, I actually, now that you mentioned it, I mean, I've noticed that some this year. Um, when you are out front, you can, I mean, I guess you can call it clean air, but it's a more clean state of mind. You can run whatever line you want and get comfortable and go as fast as you want and even maybe screw up a little bit when you're out there by yourself. But, you know, when you got guys around you, you got to be more spot on and you can't can't quite do all that you need to, to be fast and figure out the fast lines. So, uh, yeah, clean air. I mean, yeah, our aerodynamics probably mean a ton to us now. Uh, even with the stocks, you know, we're not we're not quite as fast as the super late, but um, definitely means a lot. And I mean, you know, these noses, you, some guys will run the the classic style nose or a Mustang or MD3, and uh, everybody's pretty pretty close on speed, I think. But uh, I think the you know the aerodynamics on the car helps out. Like you said at Pittsburgh, definitely you gotta gotta make sure everything's right at a big track like that. Some of the works on a car, you know, with Chris, and, I, and one of the biggest changes that's happened in probably the last, I'd say, two to three years in, in all divisions, and maybe not so much the late models, but in the, the modifieds and in, in the pro stocks now, the, I, I want to say the changing of guard of how you set up a shock now. It used to be where it was, you know, bolt-on shock, and it was a pro shock, it was a you know, $50 shock. Now, I think shocks, you know, motors being motors, they are what they are. But I, I think the shocks, if you can make a shock Patrick work to weight with whatever particular chassis you have today, you have that much more of an advantage. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, figuring out what corners of the car work where and uh, where you need to improve them. Like a flat track like Sharon, um, you, you want something more to lean on on your right rear so uh we've been playing around with springs over there and trying different things and you know without without uh having a whole lot of practice this year up here and you know we had what we had last year and i think things were pretty good but um you know try new stuff and also a lot of guys who who do try new stuff try too much new stuff and stray from what they're doing that they know that works and uh i know you got to keep up with competition but sometimes i think leaving the car the way it is with what you're comfortable, you know, for the time being, I think that helps out, but you'll know when it's time to change and find something new, so. I think you might have a little bit of a notebook. I watched your, I think it was maybe a couple years ago, I think you finished, and it was maybe one of your first races, it was, I think it was in a backup Chris Schneider car, I think you finished fifth here at one of the, that big $10,000 to win show. Yeah, yeah, I jumped in the car for Chris, and our original plan was to go out and qualify the car into the feature in case something would happen with his then he could basically take my spot or you know take over the car obviously basically just a backup car <clears throat> and we worked all week getting both cars together and got them out there and we went out and set fast time with his car in his group and uh his his car with me driving in my group so that was a uh, big surprise then we went out and ran pretty good in our heat race and uh we're able to get top five in that race and i don't think half the people who read the press release knew who i was at that time because i'd really only done lernerville and and marion center up to that point but um 
yeah, that that was kind of, I guess you could say, put me on the map, and I uh, started running more Penn, Ohio since then, and we uh, we really enjoy running with these guys. I mean, it's a top-notch series, and, you know, it's the best of the best drivers, and I think competing against them every week uh, makes you a better driver. you got to be, or you're not going to keep up with them. Fans, if you just join us, we're talking to Noah Brunel, and what we're going to do is we're going to take a commercial break, and we'll be back shortly. This portion of today's program was brought to you by Number One Cochrane Automotive. No one covers motorsports like Rapid on Racing. For nearly 40 years, Rapid on Racing has provided the best in motorsports information with knowledgeable and veteran reporters who cover all forms of racing. Weekly reports include local dirt and asphalt racing from Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, plus the All-Stars, IndyCar, IHRA, Lucas Oil Late Models, NASCAR, NHRA, Rush, USAC, and the World of Outlaws. Listeners get the latest breaking motorsports news. The show features special guests, local track reports, driver interviews, and listeners' emails. The host of Rapid on Racing is Don Gamble, a former driver and track promoter. Don brings a wealth of racing knowledge to the program every week. Quite frankly, there's no other program like it on the air today. Rapid on Racing. Why not be a part of the weekly action? Toma's Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania, where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Toma's, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Toma's Meat Market, located at 748 Dinnerbell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724-352-2020. That's 724-352-2020. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri. We're back, and joining us is Noah Brunel, and we're at night one of the Apple Fest at uh, Sharon Speedway. Noah, just been a good season so far. Unfortunately, with this craziness with COVID and whatever and the pandemic, you've only been out uh, maybe 10 times. But the times that you've been out, like I said, you've had a couple wins and you've had the car up front almost every night that's out there. But it was kind of interesting because doing a little bit of research, I'm like, I kind of heard something and then you try to put two and two together and... uh, this car has a lot of familiarity, but it traditionally didn't have the 31 on it. It had the 64 on it. So a lot of people know the car from when Rob Shook drove it, and then Rob decided at the end of last year to you know to step away uh, from racing. And then so tell the listeners how this deal became part with you know you and your dad and your partners. Yeah, the car was for sale at the end of last year, and uh, you know I've obviously was looking for a partner as you know everybody is you're looking for sponsors or a partner or anything to help make the deal easier and uh you know bought the car at the end of the season and jack agreed to to come on board and you know help out and 
we uh, partnered up on this deal, and it's been a really good deal so far. And um, you know, like you said, trying to keep a car up front, it it takes a lot. And uh, good to have a couple partners going into it. And uh, you know, I think we're at a pretty good place with it, and we'll just see where it takes us. And then sometimes when I'm up in the uh, the Saxonburg area, I drive past the garage and I see this guy out there washing tires, and I'm like, well. I'm trying to, again, put two and two together. I'm no mathematician, but I'm like, well, that, that sure looks like the 31 car, but maybe the 31 car should be in Lower Borough or something, and it just doesn't. But how great is it to you know, have a car owner that actually you know, houses the car a lot for you and works on it? Yeah, it's a it's a great help. Um, you know, he has it. <laughs> he has a car washed and, and in the garage by the time I get there, you know, Monday after work. So... That's uh, that's definitely an ease for me in that aspect. But we all uh, we all try and pitch in, do what we can at the garage. And like you said, Jack's uh, Jack's a great help, and you know he's he's on top of everything. It's good to have someone to keep me in line because I can't always handle it all myself and make decisions all uh, all on my own. So it's definitely good to have someone uh, there with you. Now you said mention Jack. Who is Jack? And, and so the listeners know who your partner is. Uh, it's Jack Keel. He's he's been around racing since uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna say the '70s. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly when, but Jack's been in it a long time. And uh, like you said, he owned Rob's car for eight nine years. And uh, you know things changed, and and we moved to this deal. So it's uh, glad, like I said, glad to have him along. Now, besides Jack and yourself and, and your dad, who else is available to help you work on the car, either at the shop or when you come to the track? Because sometimes you can do both and sometimes you can't do either. Right, yeah. Our, uh, our other big help is John Peterman. He comes every week uh, to the races. I mean, I think he's only missed one this year for work. And uh, he enjoys going and enjoys turning wrenches on the car, so you can't ask for much more and uh, try to make these guys proud whenever we go out there and uh, put on a show. With that being said, you have to have help on the car because obviously you know it's, it's you and Jack, but you can't just do it without sponsors. So let's mention some of the sponsors that uh, pitch in, whether it's a, a major sponsor or it's a product sponsor or someone just says, hey, here's, you know, Here's 200 bucks. So that $50 tires, I think, are out the window nowadays. But uh, uh, you know who who you know helps out on sponsorship. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, John, John and Jack, uh, and uh, Mike's truck and auto, BT truck and auto, uh, Car Clue, Hillview Motors, and Advance Auto Parts. And uh, my dad, you know, mom and dad still try and uh, do what they can and help out. You know, it's it's uh, not always you know the most coming from mom and dad so uh they do what they can they're happy to to be involved and support me at the track you know nonetheless so yeah all them and uh you know chris chris schneider he's he's a big help and uh yeah glad to have one of his good cars underneath us that's for sure i know you're enjoying the season so far and i had a chance to watch your dad uh, up at tri-city you know, enjoy your victory and i think he's enjoying it too so we all we all know that we do this for fun and for the love of it because we're not going to make a dime off of this and uh, it's just something that we do well now we wish you the best of luck this weekend at, at um, sharon speedway we don't know what the track's going to be like you got some you're going to probably have 40 or 50 of the like you said top rated cars in the uh, in the area for the Penn Ohio race and again good luck the rest of the weekend thanks yeah we're uh, looking forward to getting back to Sharon here I was here 
the one time, well, I think they ran two two nights so far this year, and I came up the other night and was disappointed the stocks weren't here. Or we'd have we'd have been here. This is a top-notch facility and by far my favorite racetrack. So we're looking forward to to getting on the track later tonight. Jennerstown Speedway proudly presented Rapid On Racing, the Tri-State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program was brought to you in part by our marketing partners. Recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the Eastern United States, be sure to join us the first Monday of each month during the off-season for more Rapid On Racing. Stand on.